The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Troy Smith, and I will be filling in today for the legendary Roger Stone. You can catch us here uh, every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, at 8 p.m. on the Stone Zone and some other channels. We also broadcast this on Twitter. Um, but today, I'm, I, I'm honored to have the slot here because we are talking about an, another historic victory for former President Donald Trump in Michigan last night. We're going to put up the results here uh, of the Republican primary. Uh, Donald Trump taking over three quarters of a million votes, uh, while Nikki Haley failing to reach the 300,000 mark and also failing to achieve 30% of the vote. Now, uh, we talked about this in detail yesterday, uh, talking about the idea that South Carolina and New Hampshire, who have open primaries and who the Haley campaign specifically targeted Democrat voters in these states to get them to vote for Nikki Haley in order to boost her numbers and to make her look like she was more of a formidable candidate than she really is. She failed last night. And, and as we see uh, in those results, we could put those up just one more time. The uncommitted vote was 33,373. So uh, we're talking about a serious portion of Nikki Haley's votes. And if you compare that to Trump's really, you know, you're talking about a very small percentage. And I think it's important to point out that in Michigan, you don't have the open primaries that you do in a lot of other places. So uh, while everybody's kind of focusing, of course, Nikki Haley is the darling of the mainstream media. And, and of course, like we talked about yesterday as well, they want to highlight the, uh, the Haley-Trump race and make it more than it really is because they want to distract you from President Joe Biden. They don't want you to see him eating an ice cream cone, talking about Israel and Hamas and kind of mumbling to himself, looking confused. They don't want you to see the reality there. They want to obfuscate that and instead cover Trump Haley, as if there's really a chance that she could possibly uh, uh, beat Donald Trump. And I think if there is anything that indicates this better than anything, it was her results in the Nevada Republican primary. For those that don't remember, the Nevada Republican primary uh, meant absolutely nothing. There were no delegates assigned to it, yet the Haley campaign decided that they were going to put their assets into that primary instead of doing the Nevada caucus, which Trump focused on. Trump obviously swept the delegates at the Nevada caucus because he had no competition really other than Ryan Binkley, who has actually dropped out and endorsed Trump now. But in that primary, Nikki Haley was destroyed by a similar thing that we just saw uh, with uh, uncommitted voters, although it was called a no option. So there was no there was an option on the ballot where you could vote for no candidate, no candidate option. And uh, more people chose that by a two to one margin than vote for Nikki Haley. Uh, that shows that when there's not Democrat uh, voters, there's no Democrat 
uh, uh, advertising going out to juice Nikki Haley, MSNBC, basically running advertising for her 24 seven, a lot of other news outlets running ads for her basically 24 seven campaign ads, the Biden White House putting out her campaign ads, when that all goes away, and Nikki Haley is left to actual Republican voters, she loses and she doesn't just lose she gets obliterated by even no option even no option beats her but i would like to put up because this was really lost on many people uh and it wasn't really talked about in the mainstream media we tried to talk about it at slingshot news uh slingshot.news is where you can find uh, my work um as of right now but we're going to put up the the democrat results here and joe biden actually had a very similar situation to what we uh we saw in nevada for nikki haley where 100,000 people in a protest vote that basically centered around Biden's handling of the Middle East and the Israel-Gaza conflict. Um, he 100,000 people voted for no candidate, while Biden only got 617,000 votes. Now, I understand for an incumbent, that's a lot. But when you're talking about 13% of the vote uh, going to somebody who's uncommitted, it shows that the predictions of Roger Stone, the predictions of Joel Gilbert, the predictions from so many others that it won't be Joe Biden that's going to be the nominee in 2024 are looking uh, better and better. They are looking like they're closer to the truth every single day. Um, and, And this leads me to my next point here, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about the 2024 election and the Democrat uh, primary process, because the Democrats have a real problem, and and I, I we're going to put up a clip that uh, I found, or, or a, a screenshot, I'm sorry, that I found uh, while I was doing research on Biden's approval rating. And what you need to know, basically, is that Biden's approval rating right now stands at 38%. Um, it's an all-time low. The only person that's ever had an approval rating lower than that is Jimmy Carter. Uh, but when you're looking at these numbers, these are numbers from November of 2023 to uh uh, January of 2024, and it tells us the percentage of dro- what what's dropping in in Biden's approval rating amongst Democrats, Republicans, Independents, um, and and it's very important because as you see in the categories of Ukraine, Biden has shed six percent support from Democrats in the last five months. When it comes to immigration, Biden has shed seven percent of Democrat support, and when it comes to the Middle East. The worst issue that Biden faces amongst his own voters, he's shed 9% of Democrat support for the way he's handled the situation in the Middle East. Now, I would first off, I would say if you're a Democrat and you didn't lose faith in his handling of the Middle East with the Afghanistan withdrawal, then I'm not sure you know what could possibly shake your faith in the Democrat Party. I mean, we had uh, 13 U.S. service members killed in a bombing, along with what 171 or or 200 something civilians. Um, if that didn't tell you that the the whole Middle East situation under Biden was going to be out of control, I don't know what what would. And 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 truth be told, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with the way the Democrats are handling this situation because the democrats you have to look at it like this the republicans go for broad appeal they really do the republicans go for things that they think everybody loves uh whether it's taxes or you know monogamy or you know marriage nuclear family you know that kind of classic conservative you know the values that we talk about um and the democrats are much more adept at getting people to pay attention to what they're talking about 
And that's evident because if you look at states like Maryland, uh, where de- where I come from, the Democrats have such a stranglehold on literally everything, whether it's education, whether it's the the courts, uh, the governor's mansion, the state house, the state senate. You know, I mean, you're talking about total domination. Um, and and on a on a federal level, uh, and now this is a lot of this is due to the corruption within the RNC, which is being fixed. I mean, Ronald McDaniel is stepping down. We're getting changed there, but the Democrats are much much better at fundraising at, and kind of bringing people into their party and having an apparatus politically that works. Um, and they do this through a couple different venues. One is they are always focused on local politics. And I think this is a problem for Republicans across the country as we're going into the election here. I see people that are running for Congress in Florida or Maryland, and they're talking about federal issues. And I think federal issues are important. Look, you're going to Congress, you're going to be obviously dealing with federal issues, but that's not how the Democrats do it. They deal on a local basis. And so, uh, you know, for example, I know somebody who was affected, lost their job uh, when I lived in Maryland. They had had for 30 years. Um, and this person lived in my district, which happened to be the district of uh, Kwasi Mfume, the, uh, uh, the congressman. And he's a Democrat. Um, and they say my friend sent a letter to the unemployment office uh and and couldn't get his unemployment i mean he was entitled to it paid his taxes and everything um couldn't get anything from governor larry hogan the republican at the time and this was before i was politically involved so i had never even talked about larry hogan i'm just talking about a basis as a citizen who was trying to get something done we didn't see any movement for my friend until he reached out to Kwasi Mfume's office. They immediately called, they immediately got the situation handled. Um, and that's because Kwasi Mfume wasn't out there talking about federal issues. He was talking about local issues and you can call that whatever you want, but that's what matters to people and especially voters. So the Republicans have it wrong in that they're constantly focused on federal issues. And while those are important, you have to start locally. And the Democrats have grown their political machine from the local level. That's why they have education. That's why they have the courts. That's why they have everything walled off because from beginning to end of child's life, if you don't oversee them basically and watch over the ideals they're being talked to about and, and taught in schools, then they're going to be part of the Democrat machine. That's how pervasive their their political uh, strategy has been. So they do it through uh, localization of politics, which I think the Republicans could easily do. Um, and then they also do it through uh, identity politics. Now, uh, when the Republicans have a group, say, like a women's club or a women's federation meeting, and there's these all over the county, I mean, all over the country, uh, every state has them, every county has them, uh, Republican clubs, and they're called Republican clubs. I mean, you can literally look it up because it's called a Republican club. And while the Democrats have Democrat clubs, there are a lot of things that go on on the local level. I'm talking about events for LGBTQ uh, events for pro-abortion, events for pro-immigration, events for pro-this, pro-that. They take an event that really has nothing to do with politics and they use it to get people into politics and say, hey, you're LGBTQ, you don't want to be killed, you got to vote for the Democrats. Now, obviously, that's a lie. And obviously, that's like totally out there. But that's what they do. That's the tactic they use. If you want to, if you if you don't want a four year old kid 
or a 14 year old kid who was raped to be forced to have her child, then you have to vote for the Democrats. Um, or, or, or look at the IVF situation. Uh, President Trump comes out in full support of IVF, encourages the Alabama legislature to protect IVF, and the Democrats say, "Well, it's because of Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know, it's because it, it's it's because of the Supreme Court justices. It's because of Trump. Uh, that's not the case. And 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 may I add, the Supreme Court. It's not supposed to be like Trump sitting there with a like over the Supreme Court dictating what they say. He's supposed to put forth as a as a nominee, the person that he believes best suited to do the job, and then they're there for life on their own accord. He doesn't have any control over what they say. I mean, past the approval process, he doesn't control them, and neither do the, I mean, in concept, that's how things are supposed to work. Um, but the media pointing that out, I mean, like, oh, Trump's judges. No, it just shows they have Obama judges. They have Biden judges. We don't have those people because when the conservatives put up people for benches, they try to do it by the letter of the law. Like I said, they're not Merrick Garland beholden to the Obama administration. They're Justice Kavanaugh, who quite frankly votes a lot of different ways that I, it's hard for me to get a read on how he's gonna vote. It, it, um, uh, Kavanaugh's tough. Uh, Gorsuch is pretty consistent. Um, Amy Coney Barrett's a wild card. You don't know where she's gonna vote. So he didn't pick these people based on some agenda. He didn't pick these people based on some political motive. He picked them because he thought that they were the best constitutional minds to put on the on the bench. You can argue their decisions, uh, but you can't sit there and claim that. I mean, especially especially with the Texas razor wire or any other number of things that that Coney Barrett decided with the liberal justices on. It shows that these weren't politically motivated choices. They weren't. And, And yet the Democrats, when they put somebody on there, you best believe that they're going to be politically motivated, um, you know, it, and and not to mention the fact that they don't even play by the rules anyway. This last woman they put on there, Kentaji Brown Jackson, the, the guy hadn't even left. The, the, the prior justice had not left his position. You can't nominate somebody for a position that's going to be open in the future. You can't do that. It's never been done before. It's completely illegal. And nobody even asked any questions about it. The Democrat House and Senate just passed it and everyone just said, okay, well, and it's because Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell were on guard at that point and nobody was paying attention. Uh, but how do you have a justice placed into a Supreme Court position before the guy even does? If that's the case, then I personally would like to nominate the, uh, I don't know, 110th a Supreme Court justice it, it, right now that's coming out of the womb. Let's get newborn babies. Let's get them in Congress. Let's nominate them for the Supreme Court so we can just kind of nominate people ahead of when they're supposed to. You know, why not? Why not when you have a Republican House nominate 15 justices and then when a, when a justice dies or leaves the court, you can just put one in. Oh, he's already approved. I mean, that's literally what they did. And nobody even talks about it. So, uh, you know, folks, it's just there's so much to talk about as far as the the Supreme Court and all that. But I think the important point of this entire thing is that Biden's approval rating is slipping. It's slipping big time and it's slipping in key areas that are the news are really focused on because it's what people need to hear. Um, and I, you know, I have to think that that is coordination because we know how much these mainstream media outlets coordinate with each other. We know how much they coordinate with the democratic party to push narratives and the idea that all of a sudden, you know, I got canceled for, for covering Joe Biden and showing him kind of doddering around and not being able to speak. I got canceled off MSN and Microsoft for that. Um, 
it, now NBC does it and and they're fine and ABC does it. You can't tell me that that's not a coordinated effort and that's not something that was planned prior. I think it highlights the fact that the Democrats know they put this guy up for election. It's going to be a bloodbath. And I'm, I, you know, local level, whatever happens, happens. Um, I could see a situation where the Democrats uh, take back the House and and strengthen in the Senate and lose the presidency. And I think it's more of a referendum on Biden than anybody. And ultimately, you know, that may be what the establishment wants. Uh, you know, obviously Trump throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing. They obviously don't want him. But maybe the establishment wants to kind of pin their problems on Biden. And who better? Somebody who doesn't even know where they are. You know, I, I and if you look at the her investigation, they basically said, I mean, not basically, they said that they weren't going to prosecute him because he was an old man that they doesn't even know what's going on. So how are we, you know, Roger makes a good point. I think I've said it myself. If he's not capable of being prosecuted because of his mental problems, then why in the hell has he got his finger on the nuclear buttons? Why is he in the Oval Office? Uh, and, and more importantly, who's doing the presidential duties? I mean, is it Kamala Harris? Is it his chief of staff? I mean, who knows who the hell it is? We don't know. We don't know. And that's uh, it's a major problem. So um, we have we have a lot more stuff we want to get to, folks. But as Roger always says, we got to keep the lights on. And uh, we are so honored to be sponsored by MyPillow. Uh, MyPillow.com is where you can find uh, so many great products. I'm always amazed when I go on MyPillow to see how many products they actually offer. And it just shows Mike Lindell is a guy who is uh, out there really making sure that, that Patriots have a voice. He's fighting for you. He's fighting for the people. And he is uh, un- unbelievable in his defense of President Trump. I mean, this guy has really sacrificed so much, uh, like Roger and so many others, uh, to support uh, President Trump. So I, again, folks, you can go to MyPillow.com and we, we we pray that you use promo code STONE because that's how we keep the lights on here, folks. That's how we can get money into this show to keep giving you this great content, keep giving Roger a platform to talk about the most important issues because we know the mainstream media and those in big tech censorship, they do everything within their power to silence this man and silence this show and Mike Lindell and others who are trying to bring you the truth. So again, folks, MyPillow.com promo code stone you can get pillows you can get dog beds you can get blankets you can get comforters you can get anything you want with promo code stone and it also helps us keep this show going to keep funding the effort to spread the truth as things continue to get closer to the 2024 election we have a segment that we're going to be doing earlier a little bit later in the show or I'm, I'm sorry not earlier a little later in the show where we talk about media conglomeration and, and these cuts that are being made to media companies right now heading into 2024. That plays into this, folks. Um, and we're going to get back to that in just a second. But I wanted to take time today on the Stone Zone because we do have um, we do have so much going on in the country and so much politically that matters. But I think uh, I wanted to start with something that has been on my mind quite a bit. And I think it's that... If you notice, some of the uh, times that brought Americans together more than anything uh, are some of our worst times. It'd be 9-11 or even the crash of 2008. I remember people were so 
helpful to each other. And and I remember seeing pictures of this from the past when I was in school, when you would see people during the Great Depression finding ways to support each other and to help each other. And it's it's in those times that you see the least amount of political discourse and, and fighting, uh, political violence. You don't see political violence when things when 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 things are bad and i'm not talking about you know grand uh, chaotic or anarchist stuff i'm talking about the abortion people or the you know uh, the uh, pro or anti abortion people or or uh, you know election you know stuff or anything like that those are usually the products of good times which is interesting uh, but my point is without an economy that allows people to feed themselves, that allows people to clothe themselves, that allows people to have homes, that allows people uh, leisure, that allows people to live uh, decent, comfortable lives. Without that, uh, things get really bad. And the reason that America has kind of been able to be that nice country throughout is, is that you have these big businesses, right? And all these people work for these big businesses and they always are closing and opening and closing and opening and closing. So there's always this turnover turmoil. And when we have downturn, economic downturn, those things get worse. But because America is a free country and there's always people who have their own businesses, there's always people that have their own resources, uh, we can kind of come together. But as the downturn gets worse and worse and worse, there's less of those people and they're less willing to help because they have less resources. And as things get worse and worse and worse, um, there's there's no telling what kind of that that nice thing that we saw during the depression or the nice thing that we saw after 9-11, it wouldn't be so nice if everybody was flat broke. The point is we need money. The government needs income streams that don't come directly from our pocket because that's where all the money comes from right now. Now, President Trump did something that was kind of revolutionary and it's been adapted by many African and other nations um, since then is is the practice of exporting oil with with tremendous tariffs and 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 things like that to build government revenue that isn't taxed you know it's not it's not raised through taxation such a huge revolutionary concept and all of a sudden the government in order to grow its scope and its ability to build infrastructure in some of these nations in Africa, they don't even have electricity, you know? So the government is able to build certain things and do certain things without having to take it from the people. And that's a very important thing. And it's why energy is so important. And, and, it, and it's why somebody like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I have tremendous respect for, I think is a brilliant man. I've read his books. I think he's fantastic. I would never vote for him for any elective office because of his policy on fracking and his policy on energy. Because I think energy is the most important thing in this country. Um, you can't imagine what would happen to this country if you went to turn on the light switch and it didn't turn on. And it wasn't just a couple hours or a couple days or a couple weeks. It was forever. If we don't have the ability to have electricity, we will descend into absolute anarchy in this country. And, and it'll be lawless chaos everywhere. Um, under Joe Biden's policies, under Joe Biden's uh, green policies, that's becoming uh, more and more of a possibility because 
more and more people are being incentivized to get off of fossil fuels. Fossil fuels, we'll talk about more of that in a minute. Um, but more people are being enticed, and especially governments are being enticed to put more of their electric uh, capacity into green energy. And green energy, as we saw in Texas, where I don't know if people remember this, in 2021, Texas froze over and Texas actually had a water heater shortage that affected the entire United States. You could not get a water heater in the United States for, I don't know, uh, 10 months, six months, 10 months, somewhere in there, uh, because every water heater available was being shipped to Texas because they had millions and millions of people bust uh, their, uh, their water heaters. And I had, I know people in Texas that had this happen to them. Um, and that happened because the heat was shut off because too much of the grid was relying on wind and solar energy, which during the freeze, the, 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 uh, turbines froze and, and the solar panels froze over. So because Texas counted on green energy, not only did the lights not come on, but everyone's water heater busted. And it was only because the weather relented that they didn't have this problem uh, forever. So we are really dangerously close to a situation where people don't have access to electricity. And it's because of green energy. And it's important to remember that while all the politics stuff can shift around, if the lights don't come on, we're talking about a different situation. And it also shows that in those moments, when those lights don't come on, people will do anything, even turn to their enemy, which brings me to Europe. Joe Biden issued a, an executive order, and we can look this up, you can look this up earlier this year, uh, where he banned the exports of liquid natural gas. Liquid natural gas um, is one of our most valuable exports. It's also the primary energy source used by European countries. If you remember correctly, President Trump, while he was president, blocked uh, the Nord Stream pipeline. This pipeline would have brought uh, fossil fuels from Russia into Europe. And Trump said, Russia is your enemy. He said, he said this to the European leaders. He said, Russia is your enemy. Why am I going to use U.S. taxpayer dollars to defend Europe from russia while you're building a pipeline so that they can have a monopolistic control of your energy why on earth would i allow american military men and women to put themselves in harm's way uh, to protect you from people that you're doing business with and rightfully so that pipeline was stopped as soon as biden came into office that pipeline was resumed and it was eventually blown up which you know, there's some conflicting reports on that. Putin says it was the CIA. CIA says it was Putin. I don't know who you trust more. It's up to you. Uh, but the point being that Biden allowed that pipeline to be built. He allowed Russia to pump energy into Europe, giving them total control. And ultimately, whoever controls the ability of that light switch to turn on and off is the one that controls basically everything. Because without the electricity, without the ability to have electricity, there's no money, there's no navigations, there's not really any, the ATMs don't work, you don't have, people, people would fall apart in days. So Russia, under the Biden administration, 
has been given total monopolistic control over European energy. Total control. President Biden has overseen Russia being more powerful than ever before. Not only that, but we talk about the axis of evil, the new axis of evil, which includes Russia, Iran, China. Under President Biden's administration and with his tutelage at the UN, you know, such a great leader, they lifted sanctions on Iran. Uh, and Iran is now using their militias to go into Iraq and other countries funnel oil and other natural resources into Iran and then ship them to places like China. Iran is now the number one exporter of oil to China. Soon they're going to be up there with natural gas as well. And, And it's important to point that out because as Biden continues to tell us that Trump is Russian collusion and, and, and we talk about, uh, the, the whole, uh, the whole, Robert Mueller report, and we talk about, uh, uh, oh, you know, Russian interference in the 2016 election. Nobody has made Russia stronger than the Biden administration over the last several years. And with the Putin uh, Tucker Carlson interview that's just aired recently, you know, every leftist cable news network is having a ball with that, saying, oh, look, this is Trump's guy. He's He's, he's, he's cuddling up to Putin. And I even saw an interview where they had Zelensky in some bombed out area, which we don't even know is real or not. I mean, the guy's been known to do interviews with green screens around him. Um, you know, as far as the Tucker Carlson Putin interview goes, the mainstream media is spinning that as saying, oh, well, you know, you know Trump is, is obviously allied with Putin. And, and if you watch Jen Psaki, she actually says, that that Trump is Putin's apprentice. Now I want you to watch this video because it, this dispels their entire narrative. Their entire narrative that Trump is helping Russia. Trump stopped the Nord Stream pipeline. Trump attempted to stop Russia's monopoly on Rus- on, on European energy. And the Democrats had a rigged election and stole the damn thing and then reversed all of it, giving Russia total control of the entire region. And now Putin has endorsed Joe Biden. So let's roll the clip of Putin endorsing Joe Biden for 2024 for Jen Psaki and all the rest of the liberals in the media. Для нас кто лучше, Байден или Трамп? Байден. Он человек более опытный, он прогнозируемый, он политик старой формации. Но мы будем работать с любым лидером США, которому окажет доверие американский народ. Послушайте, я когда встречался с Байденом в Швейцарии, это было, правда, несколько лет назад, три года, да, ну, и, и тогда уже говорили о том, что он недееспособный. Ничего подобного я не увидел. Ну да, он подглядывал свою бумажку, я, честно говоря, подглядывал свою, ничего такого нет. Но то, что он где-то, выходя из вертолета, ударился там, головой этот вертолет, но кто у нас не ударялся где-нибудь головой. То есть пусть первый бросит в него камень. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Putin endorsing Joe Biden. And let me add here that because this is an important wrinkle that I think has been kind of over circulated the last few days. <clears throat> the idea that the uh, one of the witnesses to the House Oversight Committee um that was a that was a fbi cia informant 
that worked for them all of a sudden has ties to Russia is one of the most ridiculous pivots I've ever seen. But at the same time, Hunter Biden walks into a subpoenaed appearance in Congress and just walks out with Kevin Morris, just walks right out of the place. If that were you or I, we'd be in handcuffs. If it was Roger Stone, they would have given him the death penalty. If it was Donald Trump, they would have given him the death penalty a hundred times. That's the level that of, of, of political bias that goes into the enforcement of our laws. There is a total bias when it comes to the enforcement of American laws, where those on the left can do whatever they want, include burning cities, killing cops, uh, burning churches, uh, firebombing police, firebombing federal authorities. They can do whatever they want. Because as Merrick Garland said, and remember, he actually said this, the acting attorney general of the United States actually said that he could not pers- he could not prosecute those involved in the whole Antifa Portland debacle where they were firebombing uh, federal authorities. They couldn't be prosecuted because it happened at night. He said that in Congress. He actually said that he couldn't prosecute him because it happened at night. So for anybody that wants to commit any kind of crime, I guess just do it at night. And if it's bad enough, the attorney general won't do anything about it because it happened at night. Uh, But we all know that if it was some guy that had posted a pro-Trump message on his Facebook at any point in his lifetime had done it, he'd be in jail for the rest of his life because that's how things go in America. It's a total uh, it's it's basically become the Soviet Union. And I mean, look where we are right now, folks, the Stone Zone. Roger Stone, a uh, nonviolent offender, has his home raided by armed FBI agents at 3 a.m. If that didn't tell you know, and Tucker Carlson has said this before, and I've, I've heard it. If that didn't wake you up to what's going on in this country and the level of political uh, problems that we are having, then I don't know what would because uh, that was a step that uh, a lot of people, I think, looked at and said, okay, we're in a different, we are in a completely different game right now. And uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very sad situation. But as long as we have avenues like this, as long as we have avenues like Slingshot.News, which I encourage all of you to check out, LaunchLiberty.com, also StoneZone.com, you can check out stonezone.com and obviously i want you to go to rumble.com slash roger stone and and follow us here uh so that you can always stay tuned to the latest stone zone again it's rumble.com slash roger stone and you can give us a follow let me know how i did here folks if you want me fired i mean i guess i'm gonna have to retire but i think we put together a pretty good show here with some interesting topics um but anyway, folks, uh, we want to get into our next topic here, um, and it, it's an important one, because uh, when it comes to January 6th, uh, 2021, uh, and, and not speaking about the protests or anything like that, what happened in Congress that day was that the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, had a duty, had a duty to not certify results that were questionable, and he did so anyway. The, the people that were opposing the certification of the election results within Congress, talking about members of Congress, those people weren't asking to overturn the election in favor of Donald Trump. They were asking for a review of the 
uh, data that was being submitted because they didn't believe it to be trustworthy. There's nothing wrong with that. It's been done many times throughout U.S. history. Um, and that process alone failed in a very important process that is that has caused untold damage on the United States based on the results of the Biden administration. That happened because the vice president of the United States was weak. And I have no problem saying that Mike Pence is weak. He is weak. And you can tell that just by looking at him. You can tell that by looking at the campaign uh, events he had at a pharmacy in Iowa where nobody showed up. and There were more people in line at the pharmacy than were attending his rally. Mike Pence is a low energy guy. Uh, and, and he failed. He tried to challenge Trump in this election cycle and he failed. Um, and notice, by the way, how his document scandal, he had his own document scandal while he was running. And all of a sudden that's disappeared. And I, I would be I would be interested to see what Mike Pence is up to. But my point is that we got Joe Biden because the vice president was weak. Uh, and, and if you're looking at 2024 and you're looking at Trump's ticket, you want him to select somebody who's going to be strong. That's and it's not about loyalty to Trump. It's about loyalty to the Constitution and the process that our founders gave us. And it has, and, and the media will spin it as, oh, it's a loyalty to Trump. No, it has nothing to do with it. Mike Pence could have been the most disloyal human being in the, on, on the face of the earth. He had a duty, and he didn't do it. That's what it comes down to. He had a job, and he didn't do it. He, he was supposed to review the evidence. He was supposed to not certify it if he didn't think it was legitimate. Um, or, or he thinks it, it needed to be reviewed, and he didn't do that. They didn't afford anybody the opportunity to do anything. And in fact, the protesters breaking in actually gave them the perfect opportunity to completely dismiss anybody who had anything to say about the count and to then come back, and I believe they did so at 11 o'clock or midnight on January 6th, which would have been January 7th, they certified the election results. And of course, nobody was going to stand up after what had happened. Um, so, you know, you, you get what you get. And if Trump does not pick somebody who is willing to stand up and willing to do their constitutional duty uh, at that time, then uh, we could have a similar situation in 2028. Or, or you know, uh, if we do get down to that situation, if Trump does win, uh, we could have a similar situation going into uh, the next election, and I think that needs to be dealt with, and um, it needs to be it needs to be something that's at the top of President Trump's mind as he's selecting who he's going to pick for his vice president. Now, I'm not here to tell him who to pick. I would never tell him who to pick. I think that uh, there are some good candidates uh, for the position, uh, but ultimately, he's got to be the one that decides. Okay, this I have I have faith in this person. I think this person is a strong individual. Um, and as Roger said, I think it would benefit him greatly uh, to pick somebody who's actually run for president before. And that gets into uh, somebody who has been making the news recently, Tulsi Gabbard. Now, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Roger's put out a lot of tweets on this. And we're going to run a video here quickly where he talks about Tulsi Gabbard uh, uh, possibly being Trump's running mate heading into the 2024 election. We're going to play that clip now. Want somebody who's maybe running for president before that would be someone like Dr. Ben Carson, who uh, I like, but it's hard for me to see how he would win you any vote you don't already have, uh, or uh, somebody else who's run for president, Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I'm intrigued with that idea, make no bones about it, 
Uh, she's a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve. She is a uh, veteran of both uh, Iraq uh, and uh, Kuwait. Uh, she is a former Democrat, former Democrat member of Congress. Uh, she is a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Um, I interviewed her yesterday for my WABC New York radio show. She was at a shooting range at a shooting contest. You could hear the shooting going on behind her. Uh, I do think that she's had uh, the same kind of political evolution we've seen previously. But my friends say to me, but she was a Democrat. She was a liberal Democrat. Folks, Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. In fact, he was a very liberal Democrat. He was a New Deal Democrat. On the larger questions of war and peace, she has stood up to the war machine. On the larger question of this weaponization of our criminal justice system, which they seek to destroy Donald Trump, to lock him up, to steal his wealth, she has stood up against the system. Yet, and I think she has an appeal to millennials, to younger voters. She's also a championship surfer. So uh, I, I will take uh, I'll take some guff for this, but I actually think if you want somebody who's run for president before, has the qualifications, and would carry out the Trump agenda, that's personally who I would choose. There are a number of other safer candidates. Uh, I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm waiting for Donald Trump to choose, and then I'm for whoever he is for. And as Roger said there, we will be for whoever he is for. Um, I think it's important that people recognize uh, that, you know, and I'm hearing a lot of speculation, and we can get into this now because I think this is important. Um, we have told you here on the Stone Zone many times about sore loser laws, and we've talked a bit about how if Nikki Haley decided that she was going to run uh, for president as an independent. She couldn't really do it in many states because they have a rule where you can't drop out of one party's primary and then run for the general as an independent or in a different party. They don't want people basically running vendetta campaigns. Um, and that's a loophole that a lot of people don't understand. And we're going to get into that in our final segment here of the show. Uh, but it just points out there's rules to this that certain people don't understand and they don't really understand that. So you hear people talking about Byron Donalds. I saw he was asked about being vice president. Um, and there's a problem with Byron Donalds. There's a problem with Ron DeSantis. Uh, there's a problem. Uh, there's many problems with Ron DeSantis, but this one particularly. Uh, and, and there's a problem with Matt Gates. The problem is that uh, the 12th Amendment states that a vice president and a president can't be on the ticket uh, from the same state without uh, having penalties. And, and that would mean losing the uh, large electoral count of, of, of Florida, which I believe is over 30 at this point. So we could put up, I've highlighted here the 12th Amendment, um, which states that the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, uh, one of whom, at least, shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. And I think it's important to point out that, uh, you know, that portion definitely contributes to it. I would encourage everybody to go out there and to read the entire 12th Amendment, which kind of gets more into what's, you know, happening there. Uh, but you can't have a president and a vice president from the same state. And I think that's very, that's a very important thing. You won't see him pick anybody from Florida. My question is, what if somebody is a resident of multiple states 
because Trump uh, would technically be a resident of New York. I would wonder, and I don't know this for sure, I'm not a constitutional attorney, I would wonder if that same standard applies to, to uh, people, like, like say Trump is a resident of New York, he claims to be a resident of New York in his papers uh, where he files, um, could he run with somebody from Florida? That's an interesting question that I don't think um, has been answered yet legally. Uh, but I think it points towards what what's happening here as, as we get closer to the 2024 election. Because Tulsi Gabbard, as Roger points out, is a veteran. She's somebody who had something going on before she got to D.C. She's not just a politician. And I feel the same way about Ben Carson, truthfully, because he was such an accomplished, brilliant guy before he got into politics. Um, my only problem with him is that I don't think he adds anything to the ticket. I don't think anybody is going out there saying, oh, Ben Carson's going to be the VP. Although I think he's a brilliant man, and I think people should feel that way. I, I really do. I, 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 before Trump got into the 2016 election, I was, I mean, I was 16 years old, but I was looking at this saying, okay, well, Ben Carson looks like the best option here. Um, a brilliant guy, smart guy, stayed with Trump to the end, loyal, I mean, brilliant. Not enough you could say about him. But I, I'm, I'm not sure politically that people get excited. And I think that was kind of highlighted in 2016, where he became, you know, it just got old. People didn't really care. And and you could blame Trump on that. In another election cycle, he might have done a lot better. And I remember looking at his fundraising. He actually did pretty well, um, a lot better than I expected. So I, I, like I said, I think Ben Carson's a great guy, but I don't think he motivates anybody. And with Tulsi Gabbard, I think you may access a new voter group that maybe wouldn't have voted for the ticket prior. And I think um, for a lot of the Democrats, as we showed in that poll, um, earlier on in the show where they're losing on key issues across the board because of Joe Biden, um, there's going to be a lot of Democrats who are looking at Trump and looking for a reason to support him. They're looking for a reason and, and, and they'll never say it publicly. They, they will never admit it because they have to be, Oh, we hate Trump, but there's a lot of Democrats out there. And trust me that are looking at this ballot and say, okay, if Biden is the nominee, I don't know that I can vote for that. Because as as we pointed out, Ukraine, Middle East, all this stuff. And they're going to be looking for a reason to vote for Donald Trump. They're going to be looking for a reason to not vote for Joe Biden. Now, I think the important thing for Trump is that he works those independents. Because I think in that scenario, if Robert F. Kennedy is able to get on the ballot in a lot of states, he will absorb a lot of that vote. And I don't know whether it be 50-50 or whatever, but I think that uh, ultimately, uh, if he's on the ballot in a lot of key states, it could play in a factor. But there's going to be a lot of Democrats that are looking for a reason not to vote for President Biden because it's just been such a disaster at every level. I mean, this guy started with a 61 approval rating uh, from independents. And of course, the president always has a good approval rating right at the inauguration. Um, but that's down to like under 30 now he's he's totally tanked with independence people don't agree with him on anything not only that but he's a basket case who can't appear in public without embarrassing himself and the country um so it's, it's really put them in a catch-22 it's why i think roger's right and so many others are right in saying that biden may not be the nominee i don't know that for a fact but it sure looks like they're setting up the cards that way and uh it's going to be interesting to see how things eventually uh, shake out in that regard Anyway, folks, uh, as always, we have to keep the lights on here. We have to promote. So uh, I want you to go to MyPillow.com. 
I want you to order something for your mom, for your dad, for your brother, for your sister, for your aunt, for your uncle, whoever, family member, cousin, whoever. Buy them something special from MyPillow today using promo code STONE because one, they're going to get a great product that they'll have for many years that will help them sleep it will help make their life more comfortable and you'll be supporting our efforts here on the stone zone to continue uh, broadcasting to continue delivering you the truth to continue to talk about important issues that are swept under the rug by mainstream media it's our job to be here and we can do that with your support but only with your support and you can support this broadcast by going to mypillow.com uh, and using promo code STONE. Again, it's promo code STONE. You have to use that at checkout if you want to check off the one-two of getting something great for your family and, at, and and also supporting us here at the Stone Zone. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have just about eight minutes left here in this broadcast, and uh, I wanted to use that time to talk about something that is extremely important and something that I think uh, is, is affecting a lot of people right now. It's not getting a lot of talk. And that is media consolidation. And if you haven't seen the headlines, journalists all over the United States are being fired. We have a couple select headlines um, that I want to throw up there. 800 fired from Paramount, uh, CBS News journalists affected by that. Vice Media has completely shut their doors. Uh, they've laid off hundreds of people. They're not even going to be publishing on their website anymore. Um, and then additionally, we had some other layoffs. I believe is the LA Times fired 115 people. Now that was uh, now that was a month ago, but just since the beginning of the year here, we've seen a lot of journalists kicked out of where they were working. And I think it's important for the people that are trying to control the narratives that there not be anybody that's kind of dissenting from that narrative. And it shows why places like Slingshot News, uh, Slingshot.News or, or LaunchLiberty.com or StoneZone.com or this broadcast are so important because as we get closer to 2024, restraints put on people like us by big tech the restraints put on people uh like uh like roger heading into the election are going to be tighter and tighter and tighter so there may come a time where we can't get this broadcast to you other than having it here at rumble and that's why it's so important that you go to rumble.com slash roger stone it's so important that you subscribe and you put on your notifications so that people can see the content that comes in because as we go through 2024, there's going to be more and more big tech censorship. There's going to be more and more of an effort to silence people like me, people like Roger. And it's it's only with your support at places like MyPillow.com or, or Rumble that we can get people, we can keep this going and we can keep good information getting out to you, the people who... Uh, if it weren't for uh, independent media, would be completely led astray by those in the mainstream who, for so many years, allowed our country to be destroyed. These people allowed our country to be destroyed. So we just have a few more minutes here, folks, and I want to I want to end here with no labels because we've talked about that quite a bit. Yesterday, we talked about the sore loser laws and that Nikki Haley could not run for president as an independent after losing the Republican primary in a lot of states. But she could run as vice president in a ticket for no labels, as Roger pointed out. Now, in order for that to work, 
And, and this is important too. No Label's director uh, says Nikki Haley is someone that they're definitely interested in for a 2024 run. As I predicted on the Stone Zone just a few days ago, I believe if Larry Hogan wins his race uh, for uh, U.S. Senate in Maryland, that he will switch his party affiliation afterwards to become No Labels to assume the Joe Manchin catbird seat in the Senate that Kristen Cinema tried and failed to assume. Um, I believe, and this is my exclusive prediction here on the Stone Zone, that No Labels will try to recruit billionaire Shark Tank uh, host Mark Cuban as their president uh, on the Haley Cuban ticket uh, as a no labels ticket heading into 2024. Now this party already has serious ballot access in many states, and this is a real possibility. And and the idea that the establishment would draft the liberal reality talk show host to go up against Trump, who they call the reality show host from the Celebrity Apprentice, is a story that I think that they're going to want to push. It's something that gives them headlines. And Mark Cuban has openly talked about running for president. We pulled a clip of that from about six years ago. I want to run that now so people can see that the Mark Cuban for president thing is not as big of a pipe dream as some would have you believe. You kind of would like to be the president of the United States. No, that's not what I said. If you could. That's not what I said. I said I'm considering it. Um, I think that given the circumstances, there's a unique opportunity for somebody like me who's independent, who's um, not affiliated with a party in any way. I haven't given money to a politician since 2002. And I think that people are looking for an independent voice, a real independent voice that at least has an inkling of what they're talking about. If you ran, you would run as a Democrat? No, absolutely not. As an independent? Potentially, and I'd say- Or as a Republican? Republican before Democrat, most likely independent, because I think a lot, I think there's a, an incremental value to, towards for setting up an independent candidacy. Now, I understand the difficulties of that and the challenges of that um, from an in- infrastructure perspective, but the positives for doing it as a Republican means you get to go head on with Trump right in the primaries. And so there's nothing I'd have more fun doing. Um, the benefit of being an independent is you go right Right. to the golden ticket time, right? And if I get enough support in the polls, then I get to participate with the debates, which is right up there with something. I think you're, you're, you really are considering and thinking about it. Well, no, I'm, I'm considering, obviously considering. And there you have it, folks. Mark Cuban, uh, interested in running as an independent, but kind of a Republican. What does that sound like to you? To me, that sounds exactly like Nikki Haley, no labels, Larry Hogan, and all the rest of the rhino trash that has been destroying this country for many years. I think Mark Cuban's got the money, he's got the influence, he's got the, obviously he's got the same values, he hates Trump, he endorsed Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, uh, just as many in the Republican Republican circles of the establishment. Um, so folks, Mark Cuban, I, that would be my prediction for no labels. Uh, if you wanted to do some damage to Trump uh, and you wanted to present it as a, you know, a kind of alternative to Trump. I think Mark Cuban really is the mirror image of Trump. It's almost like a Superman uh, with Superman with the backwards S. It's almost exactly the opposite of Trump in that he's a very wealthy individual who supports liberal causes and supports DEI and supports things like that. Um, but he's also has this 
aura of being outspoken and honest, and he has tremendous uh, face recognition and name recognition from his time with the Mavericks and his time uh, where he's a minority owner now and his time on Shark Tank, obviously. So I think if the the no labels people, they're, they're going to be calling Mark Cuban. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But uh, my prediction is that they do run a candidate in this race uh, for 2024 for president. It's going to be a Cuban Haley ticket. That seems to me to make the most sense. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Troy Smith. Uh, no Roger today. He should be back in the saddle tomorrow, and I'll be here as well. Um, I've started a new site. It's called slingshot.news. Uh, we're already syndicated on some major platforms, and we got more news on that this morning. So we're very happy about that. Um, and, and you can help us grow. Uh, you can help us get the word out about this by going to slingshot.news, uh, sharing the articles, sharing the links, doing anything you can to promote us and get the name out there because we are just starting right now. Um, and we're doing the best we can to kind of keep things uh, together as we kind of put this new media project together. So again, folks, Slingshot News, you can always find me at launchliberty.com. And again, I encourage you to go to mypillow.com slash uh or, or uh, no slash and use promo code stone when you check out because uh, that'll help us keep the lights on here and i also ask uh that you pray for us uh you pray for me you pray for roger you pray for everybody who is in this business trying to get the word out there trying to tell the truth because there's always unrelenting attacks from people who want to see us destroyed and want to see uh the truth fail i know that you the people won't let that happen and I know that you'll stand with us as we continue this fight. So thank you very much for watching. I'm your host, Troy Smith. Uh, this has been The Stone Zone. Have a beautiful evening. Roger Stone did nothing wrong. They want to get me like I'm Roger Stone. They want to get me like I'm Roger Stone. They want to frame me like I'm Roger Stone. Yeah, they want me. They wanna frame me like I'm Roger Stone